Om Namo Narayanaya, we are finishing today the Sri Guru Gita, which is a really fascinating text, um, just really focusing on the importance of the Guru. And it's a conversation with Shakti and Paravati, and uh, I found a version that was 108 verses, which is very concise, by the late Master Mark Griffin. Uh, there may be, and actually there is, other versions out there which might read very differently. I know there's some that are much longer, much more detailed. I have no idea how they compare, but if you have a link to one of them, I would be fascinated to see it um, and read it. And that would be really cool. You can find a link to Mark Griffin and the Hard Light Center for Awakening, which keeps his teachings alive down below. He was a follower of Nityananda and Muktinanda and then founded this um, temple uh, Play, uh, teaching community in California. Um, check them out. Lots of cool stuff. Uh, also, the link below will get you to the Gita that I'm reading here, so you can read along with me. Thoughts, comments, all that good stuff down below. Thank you for joining me on these videos. I really appreciate it. So we're starting with verse 86 today. Oh, Devi, by following the path of the Guru, I have clearly shown you how to achieve this liberation through devotion to the Guru and through meditation on the Guru. Oh, wise one, much can be accomplished through these spiritual practices. Focus your attention on service and working for the welfare of people instead of using your accrued shakti for self-centered worldly gain. Without knowledge of Brahman, all your actions are worldly and continue to spool on more and more karma, sinking you further into the ocean of samsara. A knower of truth has unspooled all his karma, and all his subsequent actions are no longer binding and collect no further karma. O oh, Devi, this truth which I have revealed to you takes the form of the Guru Gita, repeated often to remove the binding influence of the wheel of cyclic existence. Contemplate this Guru Gita with devotion. Read it, listen to it, recite it, journal about it. This will then yield the fruit of liberation. Recite the Guru Gita. Each and every letter is an empowered mantra. Other mantras do not have the merit of even one sixteenth part of it. Bountiful rewards are obtained by repeating the Guru Gita. The recitation removes all obstacles and ends all suffering and hardship. It removes the fear of time and death and is destroyer of all adversity while protecting one from the influence of wild spirits, demons, ghosts, and thieves. It removes the diseases of the worldly existence. It bestows riches in cities, as well as the ability to influence others. Always repeat the Guru Gita. Through this repetition, one becomes free from bondage, gains the favor of the gods, and attains lordship of the deities of consciousness. The Guru Gita brings one into direct contact with the pillar of the Siddha lineage. It brings the refined spiritual qualities of sattva guna to the forefront and increases good karma and dissolves bad karma. Repeating the Guru Gita aligns one life with the Guru. It brings good dreams to fruition and curtails bad dreams. Fear of the astrological influence of the nine planets is diminished and unfinished tasks become easy to contemplate. It removes all obstacles and quickens the fulfillment of desires. It accomplishes the fourfold goals of life. Dharma, righteous duty, artha, wealth, kama, pleasure, moksha, liberation. If one's goal is liberation, the Guru Gita should be recited regularly. The glory of liberation will be attained, as well as the fruition of worldly desires. 
Repeat the Guru Gita and bathe in the cleansing waters of the ocean of truth, thus washing away the impurities of the world and binding trap of samsara, the cycle of birth and death. Having established inner silence of the mind, repeat the Guru Gita with detachment in a clean and sacred place. Now I shall speak of the places that are beneficial for the spiritual practice. At the seashore, along a river, in all holy temples and shrines, such as those to Shiva, Shakti, or Vishnu, in a cow shed, by sacred teas, such as the Dati or the Mango, Thorn Apple or Banyan, in a grave of Tulsi plants, or in an ashram. O oh, beautiful one, it is also fruitful to repeat the Guru Gita in a cemetery or in frighteningly desolate places. O oh, Devi, prepare your seat well with the proper asana. Use a white woolen blanket placed over kusha or derva grass to reap the highest attainments, or use a tiger skin or black deer skin, which give rise to liberation or knowledge. Other seats are not as favorable for your practice, such as cloth wood or sitting directly on the ground. How you position your seat is also important. To influence others, sit on a red seat facing east. To defeat demons, sitting on a black seat facing south. To gain wealth, sit on a yellow seat facing west. But the highest outcome is achieved when you recite the Guru Gita facing north on a white seat and realize peace. Satyam, Satyam, the Guru Gita is the truth. There is nothing else like it, O beautiful one. I have revealed this truth to you in answer to your longing. This is the truth. This is the truth. O oh, goddess, the dedication of one's life to the Guru is extraordinary. Everything is affected by this devotion. The devotee's mother, father, family, and ancestry are all blessed. Even the earth itself rejoices. Complete immersion in the Guru. Guru Bhava is the most holy pilgrimage. Going to any other place of pilgrimage is hollow and futile. Ah, oh, Parvati, why go somewhere else to worship when the big toe of the Guru's foot is the ultimate abode of all that is sacred? Beyond the Guru, there is nothing. 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 This is the word of Shiva. 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 Indeed, the Guru Gita is Shiva. The Guru Gita is Shiva. The Guru Gita is Shiva. The Guru Gita is indeed Shiva. This is my supreme command. 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 Thus ends, so ends. The Guru Gita, the discourse given by Lord Shiva to his consort, the goddess Parvati, and recorded in the text of the Sri Skanda Prana. I offer this Guru Gita at the reverend lotus feet of my Guru. Thus ends our reading of the Guru Gita. Uh, there was a verse here I wanted to comment on because it affected me. In my life, um, it said, uh, the spiritual places you should go along a seashore, river, etc. So I discovered Hinduism in 1997. Um, you can see a video I did on Neem Karoli Baba where I briefly talk about how I discovered it. I grew up in an atheist household, honestly. Completely atheist. Not Christian, not Jewish, not atheist. And so discovering something that was a different tradition, I didn't even know about other traditions. Um, so to discover that was amazing and for like six months or so I was really into Hinduism and really into it but I thought 
I thought that you had to live next to the Ganges, and if you didn't, you were done. So I threw it away, and I went into the church for many years, and I did other things and other things and other things, and eventually came back to it when I realized I was mistaken. You don't have to live next to the Ganges, no more than you have to live in Israel to be Jewish, or... Um, you know, uh, no more than a, um, you can be Buddhist in any country in the world. So it really messed me up thinking that. And there was a little paragraph right here that I wanted to clarify how I perceive it. So it said, I shall now speak of the places that are beneficial for the spiritual practice, silencing the mind, etc. At the seashore, along a river. Well, some of us don't live next to the seashore. I do. It's half a mile down the block. Um, along a river, again, some of us Probably a, most of us live near rivers. I think most cities are set up near rivers. So that one's okay. In holy temples and shrines such as those to Shiva, Shakti, and Vishnu. Well, I'm in America. Finding a temple dedicated to Shiva, Shakti, or Vishnu is really hard for most of us, particularly outside of a big city. If you're in the middle of Arkansas, maybe. Um, there is a Hindu temple about 20 minutes from me. I've actually never been to it, believe it or not. It is dedicated to Shiva. Um, but it's really focused on the Indian community. Uh, I think foreigners find it hard to even access the website. Like, I, it just isn't updated. I don't know what's going on, and, and it's tough. And I don't have a car, so I have, to, I have to bus over there. But that temple only opened a few years ago. You know? So, and I think it's the only Hindu temple in Maine. So if you're anywhere else, you don't have that. In a cow shed, well... I'm in a big city of 66,000 people. Well, not big city, but in Maine, it's the biggest city. There's no cow sheds around here. <laughs> I don't even know where there is any cows. Actually, yeah, there is, but it's a two-hour drive north of me. By sacred trees. Well, there's, where are there sacred trees in America? Um, in a grove of Tulsi plants. Again, there are no Tulsi plants in America. Or in an ashram. How many ashrams are there? Big cities have them. Uh, Boston has a Ishkan ashram. New York has a few, but again... There's very few. Um, it's also a beautiful one. It's also fruitful. Repeat the Guru Gita in a cemetery. Or frightening, desolate places. Okay, well, all of us can actually find that. So this lists some places to go. But I want to emphasize, I believe that you can go to other places. Don't get stuck on this. That you have to find a temple. That you have to go to a cemetery. That you have to do this. It messed me up. I lost a lot of time. I learned about other religions, but I lost time developing the religion that meant something to my heart. So when I see this, I kind of think, okay, this is written for India. I won't, I, I, I push and pull with this idea of updating it to America, but I think we have to. If you're living in the middle of New York City, um, actually there are no cemeteries in New York City, uh, Manhattan, none of this, there is some shrine, uh, no, there's some ashrams, but I know one of them's closed. So even then, you're going to struggle. Or if you're in the middle of nowhere, I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day. She lives on 16 acres outside of a city and in the town of, like, she just got internet a couple years ago. I mean, she's in the middle of nowhere here in Maine. So what does she do? Find a place. And this is my last word. Find a place that basically instills the same values as these things. That's what you need to do. Don't do what I did. Don't run away. Find a place that has the same feeling. Go to a church. I like churches myself. You know, find a forest, find a, a river sanctuary, find 
not necessarily a grove of Tulsi plants, but maybe something else. I don't know. Uh, an ashram. There might be a monastery. Um, maybe a Buddhist group. I don't know. There's something that you can do that gets the same feeling of it. That might work for you. So I just want to throw that in. It's come a little minor point in a big section of a book that's really great. But I, I just I think it's sometimes the minor points we get stuck on. Anyways, that's me opening up the conversation. You may continue it however you wish, and I would love for you to continue it. I thank you for joining me on this reading of the Sri Guru Gita. Comments below, welcomed. Um, and with that, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Rama Hare Hare.